Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to the business of NIL. My name is Ahmed, and today we have a very interesting episode. Our episode today is with Mr. Dan Lust. Uh, Dan's got a very uh, decorated career. He's one of the voices on on multiple media outlets. He's always voicing his concerns for the betterment of the industry, especially when it comes to NIL and sports in general. Um, Dan has previous experience working with teams in the NFL, MLB, and many others, just to name a few, actually. So today's episode will be an action-packed one. We'll be touching base on the uh, the current situation in sports, especially with Barstool getting involved with college athletes, the ins and outs, you know, the legalities involved. So Dan's actually joined us. Let's bring him on. Dan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. How's things? Things are good. You're going to get a cameo, at least one from my dog, who's very barky tonight. But, uh, you know, That's, uh, she's good. That's the, um, it's part of life, working at home, babies, dogs, family. They're all popping up. <laughs> uh, very accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Dan, before we get into things, um, why don't you tell the audience a bit about yourself and your background? Sure, sure. So, I'm based. Um, I'm based in New York. Um, I've uh, been a lawyer for about about eight years, going on my eighth year this year. Um, so, my background uh, is a little bit in sports, a little bit in law. Um, while I was in college, before going to law school, I worked for an NFL team, the New York Football Giants, for two years. Uh, and then uh, while I was in law school, I worked part-time again for this football team. And so I worked about four years on and off in this New York Giants uh, public relations department. And then while I was at school, I was very involved in what we call um, a, a sports law society. So it's a collection of uh, law students that, you know, are interested in sports and sports type cases. So uh, I worked for a baseball agency. I had a lot of fun jobs that were sports, but not really paid jobs, kind of internships and, you know, kind of like. So next uh, probably six, uh, we'll say five years, I worked as a pure trial lawyer, um, just handling normal cases, high high profile cases, high leverage cases. Um, but uh yeah, I didn't really do anything with respect to sports my first five years out of practice. And then really for the last two and a half, three, um, I've been kind of in this intersection of sports, law, and media. I go on ESPN, uh, Fox Sports. Um, anytime there's a legal story that has anything, or anytime there's a sports story with a legal component to it, then uh, you know, I kind of get, tend to get called in to give my opinion, give my analysis. 
So, you know, we have a podcast, uh, Conduct Detrimental. We have a website, ConductDetrimental.com. So now we have a bunch of, you know, the sports law community that likes to contribute. So we're in that space. And then, uh, you know, for, for NIL purposes for today, um, I've spoken to a couple schools. I've given my thoughts on different state rules, federal rules. Um, but it's all kind of in the sports law realm. I've been following and tracking NIL since late 2019 uh, when California passed their first rule. So I've, I've been on the scent for a while. I've watched it kind of evolve. I've watched it evolve since July 1st. Um, but it's all kind of, you know, what, what I do on my day-to-day run. Fair nice, fair nice. So one of the big conversations in the world of NIL um, that hit many by surprise uh, was the entrance of Barstool into, into the world of NIL and college athletes. I mean, nothing against them personally, but because they're owned by a gambling company, they have uh, a sports book themselves. So there's always there's been a lot of questions about how is it possible that they get involved, so on, so on. Can you touch touch a bit up on on, on their involvement, the students that are with them? You know, because I think there's a, a bit of confusion at the moment. Um. The confusion is uh, consistent at this collegiate level as well. It's not just you and I. Um, I spoke to a school which shall remain nameless last week and essentially said, we don't think it's okay, but Barstool athletes represent about one third of the entire student body, you know, student athletes across the country. So it's about 450,000 student athletes across D1 and D3. And just over 150,000 have registered for to be a Barstool athlete. So what are you going to do? You're just going to like delete, you know, eliminate a third of uh, all athletes on all of your teams. Like you can't really do that. So the school I spoke to said they did it very smart thing, getting in there so quick before there could be any type of guidance. So, you know, here's here's really where the Barstool stuff lies. And um, you know, Barstool is an interesting company. They're obviously probably majority a media company, uh, a sports media company, but a non-insignificant portion of the company uh, involves gambling-related content and, to some extent, alcohol-related content. So why is that important? Um, not that I have anything or um, uh, gambling or anything like that or alcohol. Um, the issue is more that these schools do not want um, – uh, they don't want these athletes to be partnering with what they call sin companies. So that's alcohol, ga- gambling, cannabis. And Barcelona checks two of those boxes. They're owned by a company called Penn National Gaming, which, um, you know, is a mega, mega casino. So there's some gambling to that. There's also a sports book called Barcelona Sportsbook. And they have a beer component of the brand called, like, uh, there's a guy, Dana Beers, who goes around and he shotguns beers, does this whole thing. So um, all I know is that schools – either think they check one or two of those boxes. Now, what they are going to do with it is a separate story, but by no means is, is like is this conversation over. There are some schools uh, that, that are going to undoubtedly say, no, we don't want you to work with Barcel. One has already done that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's just this one school in Massachusetts that has actually said, we don't want you to work with Barcel. Um, but yeah, I think other schools are just kind of wait, waiting to make that, that uh, finding. Yeah, but don't you think this opens up the, the doors for other companies to come and play similar plays? 
and you know have a similar tactic and on board because at the end of the day the student athlete is going to go with the brand that's going to potentially make them the most money put them in in front of the the biggest brands so doesn't this isn't this opening up a can of worms yeah i mean the whole thing is a can of worms i mean honestly there's no there's no way around it right there are people in the space that when the state laws were passed you wouldn't think they'd be able to get in like if you just if you said take it take a guess is Barstool going to be allowed to do deals with athletes? I'd say no, because they're a gambling company. But they found their way in because there's an, an issue, and you'll see what I'm getting at. Um, I kind of get into it, Barstool. There's an issue of enforcement. What school it wants to be the school to be like, you know, um, I, don't know I don't know if you're from, like, there's a – people made fun of the NFL for many years, the National Football League. They used to call them the no-fun league because they would uh, penalize people for doing touchdown dances or any, anything under the sun. Um, I don't know what school is going to be the school that tells on themselves, right? That says, Oh, you guys can't do a deal with Barstool because all of this, all of these different NIL rules have turned into recruiting advantages, right? So like if one school is going to be the one saying you can't do deals with Barstool, then if an athlete's picking between a potential school where he could be a Barstool athlete and one that he can't be, maybe he picks the other school. So there's an issue with interpretation, you know, and, and enforcement. I'm not wrong. Barstool, is much closer to a gambling company than not a gambling company. Um, you know, but I don't know what school is going to be the one to enforce it. Just like, you know, the schools I've spoke to and I've spoken to people dealing with some of the federal bills. I don't, I just, I think it's an issue of schools doing the enforcement because the NCAA has waved the hands of it. You know, they've, they've washed their hands. They don't want to deal with any type of punishment. They don't want to deal with any of the vetting process. So it's like, well, the school's really going to police themselves here. So, you know, Barstool kind of coming in. Uh, I know there are companies that, that resemble OnlyFans, like that amateur porn site, whatever you want to call it. They want to get in. And I'm like, I don't know who's who's going to say something, right? Like, I don't, you know, I'd hope that somebody would. But, uh, you know, these schools are very slow to put their foot down, at least at least so far. Yeah, and let's make something clear. I'm, I, I love Barstool Sports and, and their content and whatnot especially their pizza reviews. But anyway, um, so, I, do, I do too. I yeah, do too, yeah, but, yeah. I know, but I know Barstool well enough to tell you that it's a gambling company. I follow every, I listen to all the podcasts. Like I, exactly. Of, yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's the confusing, that's the confusing part because now, like you said before, so how does a student know whether, whether a brand is permissible or not? What standard is set? So let's say, and an alcohol company came comes and offers a student athlete a ton of money. He takes it back to compliance and gonna say, Oh no, you can't work with with an with an alcohol company and he's gonna say, Oh, but you know, how come this guy's working with this? So it's just causes so much confusion. Like how do you even stop that now? Um, I mean there are some schools and I wanna say the majority majority of states, majority of schools require uh the, the deal to be checked and vetted in some sense. Yeah. So you got to know you can't do a deal with Heineken. That's pretty straightforward. But like, then again, right. I, there's someone, someone's going to make this argument because they're doing it with Barstool. They're like, well, Barstool, you have some gambling components, but they also have some non-gambling components. And if you're, if you're advertising the non-gambling side, it's fine. And I'm like, I don't know. Isn't all the money kind of tied together? Isn't the, the revenue from Barstool's gambling going to this other side? And so it's like, here's a crazy example. You, uh, I'm going to take a shot. Uh, are, are you from Australia? That's a good yeah, guess, Yeah, good originally, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, Foster's Australian for beer, right? That's one of my yeah. favorite commercials. I don't know this for a fact, but let's say Foster's 
you know, they said, you know what, we're going to open up uh, a bread component to uh, our, our, uh, our business. So we're going to sell beer, we're going to sell bread. And we're going to be like, you know what, we're going to get some Foster's athletes to sponsor the bread, Foster's bread. I'm like, I still a beer company. You haven't really tricked me, but that's the slippery slope that you've created with Barstool. Because it's like, I don't, you know, if, every, if, if something else is something else that's not gambling, I guess that makes it not gambling. So there's DraftKings and, you know, if, if you could somehow get away for DraftKings or Caesars Resorts Casino, oh, they have pools and like, and like a, you know, a club area. I'm like, maybe they can sponsor that. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I, I think it's mainly a casino. But yeah, it's definitely a slippery slope and no one, no one wants to draw the line because everyone's, everyone's just really scared to do it. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So let's, let's look, let, let's have a look at the actual deal process. Now, obviously, every deal has to be submitted through to com com compliance offices and whatnot. But how, how does the student avoid the headaches be before they even reach all the time and effort that they go through and then go to compliance and get the no? What are your thoughts on that? Other than, it, other than all this. Yeah, a good deal done without getting caught with the, with the, yeah, with themselves in trouble. I mean, here's the thing. I think what we've seen, there's probably three levels of athletes that are getting deals. It's like the football players, basketball players, and then there's maybe four, maybe the best athlete on a lower non-revenue generating team, like golf or tennis, maybe the best on that team. And then the last category is just like social media influencers, we'll say. Um, so for those four categories, for the most part, they're being approached. It's not the opposite. Like there's, there's legitimate companies, maybe some illegitimate companies, but they're being approaching those athletes. So they get a, they get a deal. They walk it over to compliance. Like, uh, you know, some of the schools have like a seven day turnaround. Other ones have like a 10 day turnaround. And you just say, here's the deal. I haven't signed the contract. I'm here to the proposal. I'm not signing anything to lock myself in best practices. Um, you know, there's some deals that, that no one's going to read the fine print, but as lawyers, we do. There's some buzzwords that pop off to me, like, you know, in perpetuity, you know, if the deal's locking someone in for essentially, you know, for the duration of their college career, I don't really love those. Um, I will say this, most states, not, and not all schools are going to have this. Most schools will invalidate, um, or most state laws invalidate any contract that goes beyond graduation. So they're supposed to automatically expire by the time that you graduate. So, I don't know, like, I don't know, do you want to sign up for a four-year deal or do you want to sign up for, like, a one-year deal? So, I mean, that's the short answer to your question. We can kind of get into the fun kind of brands and stuff. But, like, you get a deal. Um, I would not sign the deal. I would present it the exact same terms, just like any type of lawyer would tell you. There's offer and acceptance. You get the offer. You get the paperwork. And you don't have to accept it. Um, but you just take it to compliance. Say, is this thing okay? Right? Is there going to be a conflict with the school? Do you have potentially a sponsorship as the school that's going to conflict with the one that I'm trying to do? So, yeah, I mean, a couple different levels to it, but that's, that's the, at least the initial checkpoint. And then there's, you know, then there's why would you sign certain deals, but we can, you know, we can go one by one. Yeah, absolutely. One, one last question for you is those companies that are then uh, paying the, the student athlete for a service then taking that data and, reselling and reselling and selling and selling and they're making a monetary gain from the sale of that data what are your thoughts on that i mean where where does that fall is that is that considered as fair is that considered as i don't know it just it's, it's just a bit fishy in my opinion what that that companies can be a broker in the middle 
Yeah, I mean, they'll pay you a fee to, to let's say, join their platform, but then the, the, the data that you present on their platform will be taken and sold, and it's yours. It's, your, it's basically your data. So have you heard of any cases? Have you, is there anything that they can learn about or maybe prevent themselves from doing so from the get-go? Because what's happening is they're seeing the money and they're not, they're not looking past that. Well, I mean, there's a company that, that we spend a lot of time analyzing on our on our show, uh, Conduct Detrimental. It's a company called Yoke Gaming, which I don't really, I don't, I don't know what Yoke Gaming is other than I saw their contract. And, you know, the, there are some deals that say, hey, in order, in order to sign with us, you have to sign an exclusive deal. So people don't read it. Maybe they'll get like 100 bucks up front or 200 bucks up front. And they've given up way more on the back end. So congrats, you signed your first deal. I have a deal with Yoke Gaming. Like, Congrats. Maybe, you know, this is, this is kind of the interesting part. Like there's some huge brands that like, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a single A-list brand to touch the space yet. Like Coca-Cola, Home Depot, McDonald's. Like, I don't know. So what do you, what are you messing around with Yoke Gaming? Like they, 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 the big brands are waiting to see what this comes out to. They're waiting to see what market market power is and what these guys are going to sign for. And I don't know, like, you know, I, I, I don't think you, I think the deals that are here today are going to be there in a month. I don't, I don't think there's some, some gold rush, but um, yeah, I, uh, I, I find a little bit problematic. Like the brands that are like immediately walking over to like, Hey, sign up with us right now. Like there's this one uh, over in Miami. Uh, have you followed that deal that all the uh, UFC gym guys are getting? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting deal. I mean, there's no exclusivity to it, but like, you sign up to be a Miami Hurricane football player and automatically you get 500 bucks in your pocket. Like, damn, sounds pretty good. I mean, let's maybe we'll read the fine print at some point and, and we'll, we'll kind of bet it. But like, sounds pretty good until, you know, you realize that like the fundamental purpose of these state laws was to avoid a pay for play scenario. That like by signing up with Miami, all of a sudden you could just get 5,000 bucks. Like, I don't know, it's a good, I mean, I give a lot of credit to the schools in Florida for getting ahead of this. Um, but I just think states are getting very clear advantages based on their politicians and the savviness of their lawyers, which is like, that's not, that never was meant to be college recruiting. But, you know, credit, credit to Florida. They did a good job. We'll give them a ton of credit. <laughs> yeah. So um, what are your thoughts on group licensing and, and that whole approach? I mean, that seems t to be the new trend now. Uh, it is, you know, I, I was speaking to, uh, I won't say the school, but I was speaking to some offensive linemen at a school. And, uh, I think the power is like, you know, uh, like there's a group of offensive linemen, this one, this one's public, but, um, the group, offensive linemen at Arkansas basically signed a deal together to be like, you know, to have a barbecue joint and they signed this deal. So like, it's probably power in numbers, right? Um, I didn't, I didn't think you could do like, again, same question you asked me earlier. Like, I didn't think the Miami deal was legal because, I just didn't think the purpose was you could just be on a football team and you've gotten money. Like there had to be something you did. I just didn't assume that. So maybe being an offensive lineman at Arkansas, like, I don't know, maybe that's also paid for play, but people are stretching these rules. So group licensing deals, I think, and this, I meant to tell you this earlier, you know, like I don't think necessarily like the backup offensive tackle at Nebraska has that much marketability. Right. But like, I don't know if he does a deal with all the offensive linemen. Yeah, it's probably a good deal there. You know, there's probably a deal to be had. It's 
definitely um, interesting times ahead. But Dan, uh, thank you very much. Uh, definitely appreciate your time. And uh, before we wrap things up, any parting words? Uh, no, I'll, uh, I'm, uh, you know, if you're interested in this, this NIL space, definitely follow me. I'm at Sports Law Lust and uh, my podcast, Conduct Detrimental, and we do all things sports and law. And then, uh, you know, if you're really interested in NIL, ConductDetrimental.com, our website, people put up NIL articles basically every day. It's a lot of high school. There's a lot of uh, buzz now in the high school athletes now cashing at NIL. You know, you and I don't have time to talk about it, but we have about probably about six articles on the site with people, can't, you know, talking about Mikey Williams and Quinn Hour. You know, um, I think it's yours. I haven't heard someone say it, but it's the, he's the, uh, the hot uh, football player. So, um, yeah, all, all good. But, yeah, uh, that's, that's where to find me. But, yeah, you know, Sports Law Lost here on Instagram and Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dan Lust, thank you very much for joining me on the business of NIL. Take care, buddy. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?